Welcome to episode 182 of Movie Schmovie. I'm Steve. I'm John. And I am Ron. If uh, if you can't tell, uh, we are recording this episode in our home uh, setups that we each individually have, just so we can kind of get an episode in this week. Ronald's not feeling too well. Kind of stuffy. Apparently, he caught the bug at work or something, right? Yep, my boss gave it to me, and, and I've been mm. out of commission for a couple of days, so I've been powering through it, though. Yeah, if anybody follows us on uh, Facebook, they may have noticed we were talking about an episode that gets back into the subject of remakes uh, and actually talks about... Uh, right movies we'd like to see remade for a change and um and we kind of made the command decision that since we couldn't be in person that episode sounded like a fun one to have around a table so what we've done here tonight is we've bumped up our oscar coverage episode that would have come out two days before the oscars maybe when people are actually thinking about it (laughs) Uh, but here we are just having our general oscar chat so ronald do you think you'll be able to hang in for this yeah definitely okay good I'm very excited. <laughs> if there's a long pause or lack of Ronald being involved in the conversation, we'll just both assume you fell asleep. Yeah, right? yeah. I, right. Um, I took some Alka-Seltzer <laughs> night, and it'll kick in in a little bit. But I'm I'm fine right now. Do you snore, or should we it, have a way to cut your mic off? It's so strange, man. My snoring is so <laughs> infrequent. I don't really know when it's gonna. Happen. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but I I appreciate your consideration. I'll, I'll, uh, I normally let out a loud gasp before I start the snore. It's like a, one of those. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, I guess looking at this, uh, this Oscar list, I mean, like when the nominations came out, I feel like everybody was pretty much expecting, uh, at least, at least from what I was following, like La La Land was going to be, you know, this massive thing, and I don't, I don't know that anybody thought maybe so, but I don't know that maybe everybody thought that it was going to be as big as it was in terms of how many categories. Yeah, it's actually representing this year. It's pretty insane. I, do you think it deserves it? I guess that's the question that we should answer before. Well, I mean, I, I think that I, I can't recall. I mean, I, I don't think it made it. Well, I think maybe it made it onto. Maybe Ronald's list. I don't know the top ten. Our top ten list. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe did did it? Yeah. So I, I, I really like La La Land, and I think it's a, a it's a great film, and I can see I can see a lot of the representation across these categories, but I don't know that. Uh, I, I personally don't see it as like the film that is nominated in fourteen categories, and you know, one of three films of all time to ever do that. It just that seems like. A little crazy to me, especially like being nominated twice in one of the categories in the best original song. Um, but I don't know. What do you got? What do you, what do you, what's your take on it, John? I mean, like, I, I feel like you probably were the, the last one of the three of us to see it. So I don't know if you like got to see it in, in like the, in the hype of it all. Cause I know Ron and I saw it pretty early. So did, did, did you expect this or what's your take on this? On paper, it didn't sound like something I would necessarily rush out to go see, even right. though I like, a lot of the elements of it and I do like musicals and I like I've come to really appreciate Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone is a is a great presence and things and 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 Damien Chazelle you know I, I really enjoyed Whiplash it was my pick for the best movie of that year sure to answer your question I do think when I sat down to watch it I was kind of reacting against some sort of hype that I perceived and then the movie really right. won me over by being so charming in a lot of ways 
I mean, do you think there's any way that Hollywood can pass up just showering this film with awards? In terms of milestones, this is kind of a mouthful, but La La Land is the first traditional, non-animated, original movie, non-diegetic musical nomination since Gigi <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> in 1958. So in other words, it's the first like traditional musical that's not animated and has music that people are singing that isn't supposed to be music that they're singing in the film the way they are in say Pitch Perfect or or Nashville right. or something like that. So it, it is a little bit of a throwback and I do think there's something about that that feels like something that Hollywood loves to award too. So yeah. does Moonlight stand a chance against La La Land? Is it just delusional for us to think that that La La Land isn't going to sweep? I think it does. I think it does have a chance actually. Um I think that this movie's great, but it's it doesn't deserve everything that it's getting. For, for 14 awards. I mean, and I love the movie. I think uh, the problem is it's so marketable. I think it, it still has some legs, you know, as it goes in the video on demand and stuff like that. It's going to be in like Apple commercials because it's high definition and beautiful and has some cool songs. It's going to keep going for a little while longer. But I think that some other movies have a chance of edging it out in terms of best picture and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. How you feel, Steve? How you feel about it? I think the big thing is, is just that it is like the kind of movie, in terms of nominations and chances for winning, that is the kind of film that, you know, the Academy and Hollywood and celebrities that are on the, you know, the Academy that vote and nominate all these things. Like, it's the kind of film that, like, they eat up. I mean, beyond being like a... a you know, like a British film or like a, a small indie film that could like La La Land just has so many things that I feel like Hollywood and the Academy love. And that's things like a young, exciting, you know, director of the future, you know, two young stars that, um, you know, turn in great performances, but also have like a very, very wide appeal and are, are stars of the moment. And, you, you know, you kind of mix that with this kind of uh, modern take on a musical that feels so now and to people that know what Los Angeles feels like, it feels very them and, and, and they, there's a lot of ownership over that. So I feel like just in terms of like getting nominations and getting a chance to win, it is a qual it's a quality film, but like it, it, it fits into these little pegs that I feel like just light up the entire board for, you know, getting excited for having that film that's doing everything. It's making money you know, it, it's it's in the top of the box office chart. It's 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 got all these nominations. So I, I personally, I mean, like I think Moonlight. Going back to the, one of the points we're talking about, I think Moonlight has a chance in a couple categories. But I'm really scared that the Oscars are going to be like pretty boring this year. If La La Land could possibly win like a majority of the categories that it's nominated in, yeah. yeah. And you know that that's like exciting for a movie to do that, like to have a film of the time that is that dominant and that is that wide appeal that it, it kind of just does this magical thing that not like obviously only two other movies prior have ever been nominated for this many uh, nominations. And, you know, depending on how many it wins, it, you know, it could be a really exciting time for this film, but I don't know, man, it just feels like everything's snowballing towards, you know, two weeks from now. And just like, everybody's going to be taking the stage and you're going to hear La La Land a hell of a lot. Mm. 
I know what you mean about it seeming boring. I mean, like, the, the award ceremony, sitting there and watching the four-hour-long show is always a little bit boring, but kind of in a, I don't know, you know, you log in. It's like watching election coverage or something. You're just sort of like, okay, sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I wonder, I do wonder, I don't have that many of these. I'm looking at the different categories. There's not that many things that I'm just so excited about or super invested in. I enjoyed La La Land. Um, I really, really loved Moonlight. Both of those movies I'm kind of rooting for in a way because, like you said, it's exciting to see a movie get recognized like that, especially a a work of quality. But it does not feel – like I don't even feel like I have – I remember last year we were kind of all sort of half-jokingly, half-seriously into this notion of whether Leo was finally going to get his Oscar for The Revenant. But I don't feel like there's anything quite like that this year that's just – uh, exciting me, except for the fact, I mean, there's some sort of on paper things that are kind of interesting that seem like a course correction from the Oscar so white uh, hashtag of the last sure. couple ceremonies. This is the first year, and I didn't realize this, but uh, in trying to dig up like milestones for this year, I noticed this is the first year that uh, every acting category has an African American. Yeah. Uh, or uh, a black person nominated, uh, which yep. seems crazy that it's the first time, but it does also seem like such a switcheroo from before. I mean, I hate to say this. I'm definitely not saying this is some kind of attempt to be politically correct and that I'm criticizing it. I'm just saying, is it a transparent attempt to correct for the past, or do you think this year was different in terms of uh, major roles for, for black actors? What, what do we think of that? I think maybe a little of both. I think maybe a little of both. And I think there were just some, a, a, a ton of movies in the can that had some African-Americans in it. <laughs> also, great movies. <laughs> and I think it just kind of fell. It was weird, man. Like, I remember watching a Denzel Washington interview when they were asking him about Oscar So White and stuff like that. And he seemed very hesitant to say anything about it. And I wonder... If it was because he was like, there are tons of films coming and you just don't know it. You know what I mean? Like, What what, what did you say? You, you feel like he's like, what? He just didn't say anything. He didn't address it in any way. He was just like, I don't feel like that. I mean, that doesn't seem like a... And then it just kind of happened. This this next, very next year, a ton of movies with, you know, a, a, a lot of great acting performances by African Americans just came the very next year so maybe he knew something we didn't know <laughs> he's a little closer to the industry the thing that will make it seem transparent will be if next year it's back to the same same old same old if it's like this was the year that we worked on this I, I don't I, I I can't see it going back I mean like I feel like there's a systemic problem like my whole take on the Oscars so white thing and I, I feel like it's valid like that criticism is valid I personally don't believe and, and don't know that it all sits in, you know, which films the Academy decides to nominate. I feel like it trickles much further down to, you know, who is a part of the Academy, what movies are being made, what actors are being cast in films. Like, I think those things are a lot more of the problem than, um, you know, what this Academy decides to nominate. Like, I think that, like I said before, there there's probably an issue there as well. But I think that like one hand feeds the other and uh, it's just a matter of like if films aren't being made and people aren't being nominated and people aren't being invited to join the Academy, um, you know, that are younger, that are, you know, of color, of a minority, that that have some sort of perspective that the Academy lacks, if it is seen as a a predominantly older white thing, um, 
that 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 will be fed by people being nominated like this of color of minority and people winning you know like this year they will be winning and and they will be you know invited to join the academy and and that will change things but i think at a, at a at a root of everything it's like what movies are hollywood studios and independent houses deciding to make and those i think that's what is the bigger problem and you know like what door is being opened to make films from you know black screenwriters you know uh you know indian screen like what any nationality you know just a different perspective than what they know works and what they know will sell at the box office because if anything shows them like you know a movie like moonlight which has been very successful a movie like um hidden figures which is wildly successful i mean it's a smash hit the you know a crowd will go and see a movie that is not you know the standard fare that opens every weekend at the box office. I, I don't know, like just to kind of not to go too much on the tangent. I just think that like, <clears throat> I think that the problem is, 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 you know, exists and it's real. And I think it's being kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say addressed cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to assume or I'd hope they don't just being like, we need to fix this now. Like they're finally being called out for it. But I think it's more of a thing. Like there's a way to like, breakthrough and like there's so many creative voices at at the oscars this year being represented that i mean it's really i think it's a great thing i think it's inspiring to see so many different people involved in different movies like names that you don't always hear about black white i mean of every color at the oscars this year and that's a great thing and i hope that continues and i hope they continue making movies like moonlight and you know movies like hidden figures and movies like lion and, you know, that just are so representative of different things than we're used to be seeing, not just in subject, but in a cultural thing and 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 a, and a daily life, uh, kind of like a, a window into a life that some people aren't familiar with. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing. And, and I think that it, 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 I hope it doesn't go back, like you said, John, I hope it doesn't like swing back next year. And it's like this thing where, you know, the hashtag comes back, but I don't see it like that. I mean, I, I can't imagine that's happening. Like, if you follow any of the festival circuits, like you hear about movies coming out this year that just screened at Sundance um, that are coming up at South by Southwest. And there's so many films coming up that are, um, you know, just kind of cover the spectrum of topic, of race, of culture, of, you know, different modes of creativity and different you know, voices being heard, the new voices, old voices. It's just, it's, it's an exciting thing. And I think that, you know, 2017 uh, will be just as uh, you know an exciting year for for variety and differences at, at the cinema. Um, speaking of all this sort of political stuff, what do you think of the kind of? I mean, David Harbour had a big speech that maybe got uh, most known for the hilarious expressions that Winona Ryder was making on her face while he was talking. <laughs> but we also yeah. had before that we had Meryl Streep giving her speech that got a lot of notice. I mean, what do we think of this? Uh, using, I mean, it's a it's a longstanding tradition at the Oscars to have sort of politically motivated speeches or speeches that are connected to topicality of the time. Sure. Um, what do you think of that? I guess the bigger question I would ask you guys is, what do you think of that idea that a lot of people seem to have that these are actors and they should shut up and act or they shouldn't share their political views? What do you think of that? And and do you think that we can expect this year to be like the most political Oscars ever in terms of the speeches? I, I think that it is, but that's only because of the climate of... Uh, everything that's going on and and I think that has to be a real determination that at this point human rights aren't political I mean that's not a political thing it's 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 just civil rights of people and and if that falls under 
politics in people's eyes, then we're all political people. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a super weird stigma about speaking up about anything that has to do with anybody's rights, anybody's uh, any state of a human being or human beings that are being treated awfully or uh, mistreated or abused or uh, not given enough light. And if you you bring some light to that, you're making a political statement when that's not necessarily the case. Politics are politics. And I don't think that speaking out on anything is necessarily politics just because you're talking about the rights of people and the treatment of women and the treatment of African-Americans or the treatment of minorities. It's just something that to me isn't political, but I, I don't know what world we're living in right now where everything seems to be charged by something. I, I'm, I'm a little confused. So I don't, I'm, but I say that the choice to make those speeches in the places that they're being made does make it political, I guess. Once you make the choice to, you know, on on borrowed time, and I hate to use the term borrowed time, create a, an uproar with a statement that you have to say in the middle of something that doesn't normally have that is a political statement. So that is political. But anybody just speaking on a, a subject that has to do with human rights isn't necessarily a a political thing in my eyes so i don't know what do you think steve i mean i i pretty much agree with what ronald said i mean i i personally see it as an opportunity to you know for whatever whatever you did to be in the position that you're in whether for the rewards you're receiving and if you have a position where you can say something that you want to say yes you're receiving an award for acting in a movie or directing a movie or doing whatever in a movie but if people are listening and people are watching and you're in any position to influence and to state your opinion, I mean, I think that's that's a position of power. And I think that people abuse it sometimes, but I think some people use it properly. And I think it's something that is rare. And if you have an opportunity to speak and say something that you want people to hear, I I, I don't personally see an issue with it. I mean, like, I, if it makes you consider it political, then that's fine. I mean, but like Rana was saying, like... I feel like if you're just stating an opinion on a on a matter that affects everybody, you know, as a person, as a, as a being, not even, you know, if you're saying that you are aligning yourself with this political, you know, idea or whatever, I mean, you can be pushed into that corner. But, I mean, if you accept that and you know that that's a possibility, then, I mean, I think it's an opportunity to, um, you know, to say something that maybe otherwise would not be heard by somebody and um, it may be the first time that somebody hears um, somebody, uh, you know, say something that, that they, you know, look up to or or um, respect or, you know, are influenced by or, or whatever it might be. But I think it's, um, it's, it's a very vulnerable position as the person that's stating that or making that statement um, to be in. But at that point that they're in, I think that they've already accepted that. And, and I, I actually admire you know that whether you're saying something I agree with or not, I think it's a bold, it's a, it's a bold thing to do, and and I think that if you've earned the position, and you've put yourself in that place, and people have have put you in that place based off of your uh, reputation, your you know your your talent, your whatever it might be, I think it's uh, I think it's an opportunity to take, and I and I I would I wouldn't take it myself if I was ever in that position. I mean, because when else are you going to have that many people? listening to you. If you're a person with convictions and ideas, when are you going to have that many people listening? Absolutely. I mean, I think this notion that it's not supposed to be part of the evening is 
it's almost like people being offended by jokes that are made at award ceremonies. It's the same thing to me. It's like, well, what is this evening except for whatever little things people do that make it interesting or memorable, you know? Sure. And if someone getting up there and speaking their heart is memorable, and it's going to go down in history in some cases. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned David Harbour's speech at the SAG Awards where he kind of tenuously connected uh, making a second season of Stranger Things to the idea of fighting uh, totalitarianism in the world. <laughs> and then you had Meryl Streep's speech, which a lot of people criticize later for not having as inclusive of a view of some of those issues as possible. But I still think you see artists that care, and they're, they're speaking their mind. And I, the, the last thing I would have to say about the subject is a lot of the people that I see complaining about celebrities <clears throat> talking about <throat> politics are the same people that voted for a reality star uh, who is now our president. So I don't really, I don't really hear that criticism. You know what I mean? I don't take it too seriously. I think if you're a person, you have views, and if you yeah. have a chance to share your views, we all wish we had a bullhorn and everyone was listening every now and then. You know, so art is political, and so to try to exclude that from the awards would be bizarre. Yeah, it would be. Um, and what's even more interesting is that people who say that about celebrities are often people. They say these about say things like that about people who have seen more of the world than they have. You know sure. what I mean? That's a very strange Definitely. idea. You know, some yeah. people, some of these people haven't left the country <laughs> and, and, are, and don't right. want the person that's traveled around a little bit, done press runs, talk to people of different cultures to have an opinion. It's, it's super strange. It's, it's something I don't really understand. So, there was. I was going to say just. Just you mentioned the David Harbor Meryl Streep one. I don't know if you guys have seen recently. Uh, there was one at the Santa Barbara Inter- International Film Festival. I think um, William Hurt was. I think accepting a, an award on behalf of Isabel Bear, and it was kind of like a. It falls into the same category. It was a little more understated, but it was definitely speaking up about uh, the, the political climate right now. So mm. if you haven't checked that out, you know, it's still in the conversation. You might want to search for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll check it out. So what about some of these picks? What are we, what are we looking at? Are we starting from the, the bottom, the, how we, how are we, uh, choosing these picks for the, um, I, I don't know. I guess we could just talk about some of the main ones, okay. I guess, like, you know, the acting categories, director screenplay, and maybe like, I don't know, animated feature. I mean, that seems like the the big ones. Okay. <clears throat> so that just, I guess, animated. Did did, did uh, we we've all seen? Let's see. I, I haven't seen uh, Red Turtle or the Life as a Zucchini, but I don't know if, if you have a feeling about what's going to win this uh, category or not. But I think it's going to be one of the three mainstream films. Yeah, I think it's either going to be. Zootopia or Kubo? Kubo. I totally, I totally agree, and I would give a slight edge to Zootopia just because of how massive and how widely seen it was. But I would, I would, I would love to see Kubo win. That's my pick. But yeah, Kubo I, I would be my if, pick too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think uh, that's the one I would love to see uh, on the stage accepting an award. Uh, just that movie was amazing to me, and I liked Zootopia as well. But I think Zootopia has just like been seen by so many people, and it's like a wider release kind of thing and i don't know in terms of academy people voting i just feel like that's that's a and it's disney so i don't know it just feels like right um but i don't know we'll see yeah uh let's see here what about what do you think about like the screenplay categories like original uh i guess original screenplay um i'm thinking that 
probably La La Land's going to edge out everything else. Yeah, that that's it. I mean, that that's the that's the only that's one of the few categories where I feel like I I think something has a chance of, at at beating La La Land, and that's Manchester by the Sea. Mm. Um, but I don't know, man. I just feel like it's that weird thing where you know people win a director film some acting categories like it it just feels like the screenplay just falls in with it like they all go hand in hand somehow but um i don't know it's just like that weird thing where i i I don't i don't like i I don't get the screenplay i mean i get it i i understand that it's a it's a well-written film but like something about uh or not rather nothing to me about la la land Honestly, above above four or three of these categories, three of the films in these categories, I feel like Lobster, Hell or High Water, and Manchester by the Sea, I'd probably vote for those three over La La Land easily. Uh, But I don't know, man. I would definitely prefer to see something like tight and traditional and just pleasing to watch like hell or high water or something crazy yeah. and inventive like the lobster i would much rather see that right. win over la la land which did some really kind of ordinary things really well like it i think sure. we talked in our best of the year episode about how it nailed some of these moments that are like the kind of new love kind of moments or like the relationship moments but i don't know that that was as as interesting to me as what hell or high water like the, the ride that Heller High Water took me on or the ride yeah. that the lobster took me on. So I would like to see one of those two get it. Um, as far as the adapted screenplay, I mean, I, I'm looking at that. I see it. It's, it's funny. The screenplay category is where they get a lot of really interesting movies in there. It always has been where the often the movies I would love that wouldn't be nominated for anything else, they, they might get a screenplay nod. Yeah. Um, and I think that the adapted screenplay category is, is stacked in a similar way. There's there's a few good ones there. I, I wonder if, I mean, I, I you never know if it'll go to something that's got like a reputation or that people might just want to throw an award to, like Fences. Um, or if it'll go to one of the films uh, that I think people really responded to theatrically, like Hidden Figures or or Moonlight. And I haven't seen Lion, uh, Steve, but you Me have. Either. Do you think that one? It, do you think that might be the one award that one wins, or or Arrival? Do you think that's I, the I, one I, award I, that it wins? You know what I mean? As a sort I of don't, a, I don't, I okay. don't know. I think I think this is a, I think this is a, a a contest between Moonlight and Arrival, actually. Okay, good. Wow. Um. Only because, uh, like, the more I read about Arrival and the process of adapting that short story, it, it seems like it was a massive undertaking and that something that was done ex- extremely well. And there's a lot of attention to that, and I think a lot of people have acknowledged that. And it's won a few Guild Awards. I think it's uh, some of the Guild or some of the smaller festival awards. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what I would like to see win just because of, you know, I, I don't know. I just I just really love that film. I also really love Moonlight, and it, it, it almost made my top ten. But I think I think in this category, I think where La La Land is going to overshadow Moonlight in a lot of categories that they're nominated in together, I actually hope and I think that Moonlight will will win uh, the Adaptive Screenplay category. What, what about you, Arnold? Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that... Moonlight will, but I think I know it sounds crazy. I think that fences might do something. I feel really weird about fences. Like, have we all seen fences? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. You didn't like I, it? I, I, I did like it. No, I definitely did like the film, and I, I really liked the performances. I mean, the the thing that I love about fences was Viola Davis, but um, yeah. 
just I, I, I immediately just felt the way about Fences that I feel a lot about these movies that always come up every year where like it just feels like it's going for these awards. <laughs> right, movies, right. You know, these awards. Like, like I, you know, uh, there's a lot of different categories that these types of movies fall in in terms of subject matter or how they're made or who makes them. But I don't know, just something about Fences um, coming, you know, from the stage to the screen. I, I don't know, just something. It, it didn't knock me out in any in any way except for Viola Davis. And I think Denzel is great, but I think he's great in most stuff that he does. But um, I feel really weird about Fences. Like, I feel like Fences this year feels like the one to me that um, didn't bowl me over. And if anything, it kind of made me feel like it was grabbing for nominations and awards and things like that. When it was on the horizon and I had seen the trailer, it seemed to me like, oh, this is going to be the movie that punches me in the gut and and that I just won't be able to to stand it, you know? And it turned out that Moonlight was that movie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, Arrival, I, you know, I'm glad to see Arrival in this category. I really wish I'd seen Lion before having this conversation, but um, I'm glad to see Arrival in this category for the same reason that you are, Steve, that just it was such an interestingly constructed movie and it was so well done that I would love to see someone sort of uh, acknowledge that level of craft that went into it. But I don't know. I mean, I I just really wonder, was Arrival, uh, did it make a splash with with general audiences the way that, you know, Oscar movies kind of tend to do? Or or is it seen as a little bit more of an emotionally remote kind of experience for people versus something like Hidden Figures or Moonlight, which, you know, which either lifts you up or cuts your heart out or whatever? I mean, I think, I mean, I, I know Arrival, I don't know the sure answer, but I mean, I know Arrival did really well at the box office. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it actually is his highest grossing film. Uh, I think it made over it's if if not over like almost a hundred million dollars. So I mean, people people definitely saw Arrival, and I know yeah. that they, I want to say they put it back out in the theaters like last week or the week prior when uh, all the nominations were out. But I don't know. It's like a smart. It's like that smart sci-fi drama that like you know really doesn't come out all that often. You know, it lacks right. what a lot of people would expect from that movie. But I think that's its biggest asset, and I think it's a rare thing. And uh, I definitely think audiences, uh, you know, kind of identified with it, or at least went out and saw it. See, I think it gives you so much more than the interplanetaries or the contacts of the world in the sense of showing you this alien. I mean, I think we talked about this, too. I felt like I was glad that it wasn't yet another movie that was so adult and mature that it didn't show you anything, (laughs) you know? Sure. So in that sense, I think that it felt like it was reaching out to an audience that might be put off by something a little bit more heady, a little bit more, uh, you know, like like a Shane Carruth film or something. I felt like it was, it like right. v- D- Denis Villeneuve uh, makes, uh, <laughs> makes good movies. I mean, he makes movies that are built for audiences to enjoy, I think. And, yeah. and, and I, I, I wonder if enough people really saw this movie and I would love to see it get some acknowledgement. And this really kind of seems like the one, the one place it might. Yeah. I think cinematography, I would love to see it give La La Land a run. Uh, I think La La Land is like the front runner, like even Arrival and Moonlight, for both are gorgeous. And really, La La Land yeah. for cinematography. Yeah, get the fuck out. It's of nominated. Here, man. I mean, just just throw a dart at the nomination chart, and it's probably in that category. I mean, just mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to win that mixing. category. It just <laughs> it, it can't beat Arrival or fucking Moonlight. That's that's crazy to me. 
It's it's and it it, 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 pro- it probably will, and that sucks. But I mean, I, I I'm really rooting for Arrival or Moonlight in that category. I think Silence and, is um, actually going to win cinematography, though. Throw it. I got a wild. Really? Yes, really? man. I, look, I didn't fucking like that movie, but did you see it? It is gorgeous. No, it blows. No, you told me not to. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but watch the trailers with the sound off, and it looks fucking gorgeous, man. So it, it, I think it might sneak up and beat one of these movies. So watch out for that one. Silence. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, I guess where are we at? Getting into actor, supporting actor, actress. What are you guys thinking? Um, I got Viola winning. What about act? What about supporting actor? Uh, Mahershala. <laughs> I got Mahershala winning, supporting. I got the same. I got the same. What about you, John? Like for instance, Michael Shannon was incredible. He and was. He did a lot he to was make so that movie good. watchable. Jeff Bridges was was like a career highlight performance. You know, absolutely. In a lot of ways. But I think there's something. I keep talking about movies that are kind of splashy and i think there's something splashy about and i'm looking at a picture of him coming up out of the water so i'm not making a a bad joke but there's just (laughs) something kind of splashy about that performance like like we've been watching him we've seen him pop up in these different roles on these other like netflix shows and in these you know smaller bits and you've you've noticed him since the first time you saw him you've been like that guy's good you know um and i think now he's got a name everyone knows his name uh, and uh, it just feels like a kind of star-making performance. It feels like people will be coming back to this role, uh, you know, years later, uh, when he's when he's uh, you know a more well-known actor. And and I don't think that has the same effect on Jeff Bridges or Michael Shannon. Do you know what I mean? Like those guys are already sort Absolutely. of known quantities. So I think there's something Definitely. about the supporting category that does seem like a good opportunity to kind of discover somebody in a way. Um, and I, to me, it seems like his year in that sense. And I thought that performance. Based on how, let's just say the ratio of screen time to impact in that movie, he did a lot with the time he had on screen, and um, you know that doesn't that doesn't just happen by accident. You have to really have the chops. So uh, I thought he was great. I would kind of hope that it was him. I don't feel Definitely. as attached to Viola Davis. I mean, I think she's always great, and she was great in Fences, and it's gonna you know it's gonna be surprising if she doesn't get it. Sure. All right. What about uh, best actor, best actress? <sighs> oh boy. Um. These are actually two categories that I feel like a month and a half, two months ago, there was a pretty sure idea of, of or at least from what I had been following, there was a pretty f- f- like f- uh, what do you call it, firm grasp on like who was going to be winning these categories. Mm-hmm. And I still feel, I still feel like now, even though it may have shifted, I, th- I think they're a little stronger than other categories. I got. But man, these these two are really interesting because it, I don't know, just just things have changed in the last month, month and a half, with like a, a guild awards and other award ceremonies of of who have been who's been recognized and awarded for these categories that. Uh, it could be it could be an interesting upset slash dark horse winner of of one or one or both of these categories. I have a hard time. I look. I'm looking at the actors. I have a hard time. I mean, normally I would say it's La La Land's year. It's going to be a sweep. Ryan Gosling is you know a a beloved actor. 
it's 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 he's gonna get this. But I'm looking at who he's up against, and I'm thinking of his performance in La La Land. I don't know. I don't know that his performance feels like like Emma Stone feels like the kind of performance that you give an award to. His performance almost feels like it exists to emotionally support her performance. It's the mm, same in the right. musical in the song category. They each have a song that's nominated, and his song was that City of Lights, the kind of dreamy ballad that's nice and and lovely, and it sticks in your mind. But it's not a a, a moment like a crescendo the way that Emma Stone's uh, nominated song is. So I don't know. I mean, like, I would, it's hard for me to tell who could win this category. I want to say Casey Affleck because people have been so, you know, appreciative of that role. But there's something strange. There's a weird buzz around him with all the, you know, allegations and stuff. Yeah. I just don't know. I mean, it's odd that he's nominated for uh, Best Actor next to an actor who's acting in a Mel Gibson film, uh, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge. And that's another case where I'm just like as progressive as the Academy Awards are. You know, Mel Gibson's back in with the movie that he directed. So clearly we, we're, uh, we're still sort of saying hate the artist, not the art with some of these questionable Hollywood figures. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what that says about Casey Affleck's chances. But I, the, acting, the acting category is a mystery to me. I really don't know who it could go to. If it goes to Gosling, that's just kind of like not quite. I don't know. That's boring to me. Agreed. Who do you think it'll be? I, I I think I think Casey Affleck has always been the front runner. I think I think he will win still. But I think if there's an upset, I actually think the upset is Denzel Washington. Mm. I think he is so loved. He's been campaigning hard. And he's been going to all the events, doing all the publicity, doing the rounds. And I mean, I see him everywhere talking about fences and and they love Denzel, and uh, you know, and he's good in the film, you know, and he's and he's directed the film. And not that this is a directing category, but I think uh, him not being nominated in the directing category is a interesting thing, uh, which could force some people or kind of urge some people to acknowledge him for another acting award. But I, I don't know. I just feel like uh, I agree with John that I think Gosling is actually probably one of the weaker of the five. Um, Vigo Mortensen is actually great in Captain Fantastic, but I don't think it has a chance at winning. Um, my vote is definitely for Casey Affleck. I, 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 I loved Manchester by the Sea. I thought it, you know, he was heartbreaking in it. And like, in terms of making a statement, like you're talking about with Mahershala's performance or you're kind of blowing up the, you know, because of this film, like, I don't know that necessarily Casey Affleck's the kind of guy that's going to blow up in terms of stardom or whatever he works on next. But, um, it's definitely his his it's definitely his movie his performance it's the best thing he's done and um i don't know i, I hope he wins cuz i i absolutely uh think he was incredible in manchester by the sea yeah i agree i agree with you about denzel in the sense that if you're not going to give fences any of the other major awards uh giving him the acting award would be, or I guess you'd have Viola Davis and him. And that seems like what you really should recognize about that film is the acting more than anything yeah, else. Exactly. And as far as actress, I think, I think it's Emma Stone. I mean, I, I think like I, I was kind of alluding like a month ago, two months ago when I saw Jackie, everybody was talking about Natalie Portman being like, you know, this, that was, this was like her year that Jackie, if anything was going to get her an Academy award uh, or, you know, uh, in the conversation at least. But I think, like, Isabel Hubert winning for Elle, I think she's a contender. I still think Natalie Portman is, but I, I kind of just feel like the Emma Stone love and La La Land love, and, and it, like you said, John, it, it really is her performance that is the film for me and for, I feel like, audiences identifying with. 
so I I I I do see Emma Stone um, winning the best actress uh, category. Yeah, Ryan Gosling's job is basically to be the audience proxy and fall in love with Emma Stone, <laughs> and Emma Stone Absolutely. is kind of the Absolutely. the face you can't take yeah. your eyes off of. You're right. You're right. And it's interesting. I think that everyone was strong. I, ha- I haven't seen um, uh, I haven't seen Jackie yet. But everything else here, I think everyone was very strong. Um, but I think you're right. Emma Stone seems like she's the one who's having the year. Yeah, I do want to voice my um, uh, protest to Amy Adams not being nominated in this category. How is she? How does she miss it, man? Because th- I feel I like I don't that, fucking know. I mean, maybe she still wouldn't beat Emma Stone, but that that movie is her performance, you know. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about this on our our Facebook thread, but like, it's just. The kind of thing that just is just dumbfounding. Like it, it's a it's a film that's nominated in so many categories. I think Arrival got like eight or nine nominations, which is great. Um, but no acting nominations uh, specifically for her, uh, who really is the film, and the film works because of her. You know, among the technical prowess, but I mean, like the performance and and the, the emotion that you uh, kind of tie in with her is just m- what makes that movie work and. It's crazy to me that uh, that she was not nominated. So that sucks. <laughs> so let's talk about director and film. I guess, um, uh, man, it's tough, man. I really, I mean, I don't think there's much conversation. I think it's, I think it's La La Land all the way. I mean, I think the only film really contending is Moonlight. You don't think I they'll think split it? Whoever... You don't think they'll do that thing where they split it? Nope, nope, nope. I think whoever wins the one is winning the other. So oh, okay. whoever you hear, whoever, yeah, I mean. That's just my opinion. I mean, you, I'd love to hear yours. I mean, I, I just feel like Chazelle is in a moment, and like he's got this. He's in the flow. He's you know everything. I think you know Barry Jenkins is probably the closest competition in the category, um, and and, in, and actually in both categories actually. But it just, I mean, I don't know, man. Like this, the movie. I mean, it, it's just like a monster. Like it, it just, it just feels like it's just got this massive shadow over the entire ceremony, and it's just like these other films are kind of just hanging out in there. And if anything culminates at the end of the evening, I feel like the main thing it's taken home is a directing and, and picture prize. And I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's La La Land all the way. Well, I guess I was picturing it. I was thinking of last year when um, Spotlight <clears throat> took home Best Picture. But uh, best director went to Inuratu for uh, The Revenant, and I was thinking maybe this was a good way to kind of, you know, uh, uh, play to both sides of the equation for the Academy this year, which would be to say, you know, one of those is going to be the. But I guess the thing is, this can't be a coordinated strike; it's people voting. So I guess you're right in the sense that probably the people that voted for one of these films are going to vote for it in both categories. But I could have seen it being like, we'll give best. Uh, picture to la la land because it's the big winner and then we'll say best director to barry jenkins because of what he was able to do that's exactly what i was gonna say i mean i would i would love i would love to see that happen i think best director is gonna go to barry jenkins like no doubt about it i i don't i don't think there's there's even a comparison i think best picture is definitely gonna go to la la land though definitely i think it's gonna split i i hope you're right i hope you're right and i'm all right with that i'm all right with if if Moonlight doesn't get Best Picture as long as Barry Jenkins gets acknowledged on some level for fu- for that fucking movie, man. I think his best chance is again is in, in the adapted screenplay category. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm excited to find out, man. This is this feels 
especially tense because you know you we have a front runner for every single fucking category basically so it would be nice if we have some ones that some wins come out that we don't expect that'd be cool the other kind of milestone I thought was kind of interesting is that Damien Chazelle, if he wins, he'll be the youngest nominee for Best Director to win. Like, I think at 32, yeah. he'll be the, the youngest yep. winner for Best Director. Not the youngest nominee, but the youngest winner. Wow. Yep. Because I think Kenneth Branagh was uh, 29 when he got nominated. Anyway, I, it's hard to dig into some of these issues. You sort of wish that there was like... I almost wish that there was like a... Um, Oscar factoid app that I could just like push a button and it would just spit out facts because it's like you want you want some to dig random deep. fact well you want to dig deep on some of these things but pretty soon you've got twenty tabs open and you're like I can't do this I'm not cross referencing a million sites just so I can have uh, some factoids for the guys on the podcast but I was gonna you know try to get together some really interesting trivia but that was an interesting one to me he seems like a guy who when you put that in that context he really has done a lot in the few years that we've kind of known about him Damien Chazelle. Um, and I still haven't caught uh, Barry Jenkins' other film that you said I should see, Ronald. But, uh, I mean, I'm excited about him, too. Medicine for Melancholy? Yeah. I've yep. got to. So. Yeah, check it out. In your little factoid app, I think we talked about this before, but I think uh, Bradford Young being nominated for Arrival uh, is a pretty exciting nominee. I think, isn't I'm pretty sure it's like the first black cinematographer ever nominated, which is absolutely crazy. Yes, yes. Uh, well, there's also, I think, the first black woman ever nominated for Best Editing. Uh, Joy McMillan, one of Moonlight's two editors, is the first yep, black woman yep. ever nominated in the Best Editing category. I mean, that's absurd, but I'm glad, you know. Yeah, crazy, but, crazy. Um, so what... I guess the last thing I really wanted to just know what you guys thought of was what do we think Jimmy Kimmel is going to bring to this uh, situation? Um, a lot of impressions. Guaranteed impressions. He does impressions? He, he, does, does he do impressions? <laughs> so many. So many. Jimmy friends. Kimmel? <laughs> Jimmy. Oh, I'm thinking Jimmy Fallon. You got the other I'm Jimmy so in mind. I'm so sorry. I confuse them constantly. I think I think he's he seems more like he doesn't give a shit. Like I, I kind of like that. Like yeah, that in terms of like pushing any kind of envelope or like kind of insulting somebody or even like we were talking about before, if, if he has something to say. I mean, I'm sure they, they they've had discussions or they script a lot of it. But I, uh, you know, of like a lot of the, the hosts of TV shows or late night hosts or whatever. I think I think he definitely stands out to me as one that like often during his show like when something happens or something needs to be said i feel like he's has made he's like commented on own things very bluntly which i i think is a good thing so it kind of makes me interested to see like what he's gonna have to say during his monologue or like you know the interstitial jokes that they drop you know who he's going after and things like that and he just seems like the kind of guy even from where he comes from it's just like it just says what he wants to say or, or or goes after who he wants to go after i don't think he's playing favorites are playing nice with anybody specifically which i think is cool well he's always getting huge people on his show and like do, doing like bits with them and stuff so it does seem like maybe if he can bring that vibe to this ceremony and have that you know uh people willing to kind of get up and play with him because he's got this established record of sort of servicing big names with a, a memorable bit or something so i do think but it, but it was interesting today honestly i i maybe i'm 
just slow to pick up on these things, but I don't know that before today when I was looking up stuff, I don't know that I'd heard that he was hosting. I feel like that name hasn't been brought up in, in my presence in relation to this year's oh, wow. ceremony. So it was very strange. I mean, it was I was almost thinking like, who the heck could it be? And I was sort of, I had this <laughs> mental list of who it might be. And I was like, it's probably Ellen DeGeneres. You know, I just had this thought, it's going to be Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's Jimmy Kimmel. So, and he's done the Emmys before, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's probably just he's enough of a known quantity, um, and he probably he does bring enough of that sort of Ricky Gervais. What's he going to say? Quality to to the yeah, proceedings. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As long as he brings Guillermo, I'm fine. I, I love. Yeah, Guillermo. I was going to say if he I was going to say if he's got Guillermo involved, and if he does some <laughs> sort of skit where skit where he like makes fun of Matt Damon not being nominator or like not including Matt Damon in somehow because that's his like ongoing thing on his right. show, which I think is pretty funny. Right, and and like you say, like these big names play along. Like Damon, Matt Damon's like been a part of tons of these things, and it's it's actually pretty funny. So I hope somehow they work that into him not acknowledging Matt Damon all <laughs> evening or something like that. <laughs> well, uh, we'll all be watching it together, so we'll know. Yeah, you will can't be. Wait, man. Me too. It's always fun, man. It is yeah, always it's, fun. It's a, it's a good times. Well, we got a little over a week away, and we'll we'll be able to see how close we were in this uh, in these picks that we had here. Indeed. So uh, we'll see if La La Land really we're like two weeks away, that, isn't it? That that movie. Oh yeah. man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, two weeks away. Sorry, my time's all messed up. <laughs> I know it's confusing. Everything's confusing now in this world today, this crazy world that we live in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but alright cool man well uh, you can find us at movieshmovie.com if you want past episodes obviously we're also on iTunes Google Music or Google Play and uh, anywhere else that you probably could find a podcast these days if you do go through iTunes we would love it if you could leave a review or, or star it or share it anything you can do to help spread the word is is appreciated and like John said the next episode we'll get together to do is going to be a fun one we're going to be talking about uh, movies that we would like to see remade Ha-ha. Um, so I'm very curious to see what everybody brings to the table on that episode. That should be a fun one. So that'll be out in a couple weeks. And uh, do you guys have anything else to throw in? Yeah, I think that's it. For me, at least. John, I you, anything? I hope you feel better, Ronald. Thanks, yeah, man, man. Get well. My nose is so stuffy right now. Thank you for not sneezing on us in my basement. Oh, I- I'm glad that you warned us. <laughs> And for staying awake. I guess I will mention to our listeners that I do have a new musical project out there. If you go to your favorite music service where you um, uh, buy music like Amazon or iTunes or anything like that, just put in Mountains Etc., Mountains ETC, and you will see the EP, self-titled EP, that this uh, this project just came out. And um, I'm pretty excited about it. And it's a collaboration with some producer friends of mine. And uh, yeah, might might bring a smile to someone's face. Sounds good. Cool beans, man. I may even play us out uh, with one of my songs, guys. That's how much of a narcissist <laughs> I'm going to be about this. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. All right, guys. Well, uh, good chatting with you fellas. And, and to everybody listening, as always, you made our day. Take care. Bye. I'm ready for I'm ready for Yesterday map it You live and you learn to let yesterday